0: Hi, everybody. I have a really special guest today, and I would like to introduce da, 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 Monica Rogers. Yay. <laughs> Welcome, Monica. I am so overjoyed to have you here today.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. And
0: here we go. I want to introduce her. So, the Revelation Project, this is Monica's bio. Here's who she is in the moment and maybe even in the future, (laughs) bringing an infectious warmth and playful levity wherever she goes. Monica Rogers is an unfatigable advocate for the full actualization of women, inspiring women everywhere to say yes to the (laughs) mess. I hear some, oh yeah, that's me. Monica believes that women can take action towards realizing our true potential only when we stop proving and striving and trying to be who everybody else wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is everybody listening? <laughs> when we become true to ourselves and return to our original design with love and compassion, we become aligned opening the portal into our divine purpose where peace, joy, and prosperity dwells. There has never been a more important time for women to reveal the truth of who we are as a catalyst for positive change in the world. I don't know about all the listeners out there, but I am
1: full on goosebumps. Mm. Monica, welcome, welcome, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. It's such an honor to be here. And congrats on this podcast. (laughs) This is so exciting. It's a big deal, isn't it?
0: It is. It's being able to speak your truth. And some of the words that you were using, I really want you to be able to tell everybody today, like, how this project was birthed and if you think about the intuitive business these are very similar terms that i'm using like aligned action aligned self compassion and love and women stepping into our truest potential especially in these unprecedented times so this is so perfect and welcome 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 thank
1: you well yeah that word align it just it really means so much to me because I grew up really believing that the divine was somewhere outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, what I had to learn was that the portal home to myself was actually inside of my body, right? And that when we align within, we are divine. And that's, for me, that access point to really kind of understanding and being able to allow the divine feminine, right. To really inform me because I think as women, we kind of have the masculine part down, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) we got that right. I I think where we struggle as women is really relinquishing control and allowing receiving and just Mm -hmm. going with the flow. And so much of that actually is what's required for alignment. Stop, focus, flow. Like, I almost feel like
0: we're speaking the same language with, you're saying divine feminine. I work with the Akashic Records. So let's lean into this flow of divinity of ourselves and the inside. I say being at cause rather than the effect of the world. You say go on to the inside of the divine self of you as a, a feminine being in this world. So let's talk about that. Do you see any transitions right now in this world with women
1: in this pivotal time where everything's kind of new? I see so much happening. In fact, I really feel like women everywhere are awakening in a way that is just so hopeful and so inspiring and so powerful. If you even look at you know, the many women who've been appointed on the cabinet, right, in Joe Biden's administration. There's so much happening. And I feel that, you know, I'm gonna go to something that one of my mentor, Lynn Twist, talks about. She talks about the 21st century being the Sophia century, actually the century of wisdom. And when I think about wisdom and how we acquire wisdom, We we don't acquire wisdom in the comfort zone usually, you know, like we have to often kind of really go through a period of darkness and sometimes great darkness in order to come out the other side and have a higher perspective. In fact, I love it if you go back into the mythology and you look at the goddess Athena. Okay, she has the totem animal of the owl. Well, why the owl? The owl is a symbol of wisdom, but the owl can also cleave through the darkness and give us a higher perspective. And if you follow that mythology a little bit more, you start to actually recognize that a lot of the stories that we've been told as women are actually not accurate. They're told through the lens of the patriarchy. And so, As women awaken, part of the awakening process is, I'm sure that you've heard that expression, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. (laughs) (laughs) I heard the first part. The second part I could totally relate to though. (laughs) Well, I think it's true. Like I often say that my work is about disrupting the trance of unworthiness. And I believe that it's a trance because as women, we don't really see that bigger construct that we operate inside of, and it's the patriarchy. And when we start to actually recognize that we've been told or micro dosing on stories that over time really kind of accumulate into this feeling of unworthiness. What actually happens to women is we separate from our bodies because it becomes so uncomfortable because in the world, we've created an emotionally uninhabitable place for women to be because we're designed to intuit. We're designed to feel so deeply. And yet it becomes almost like sensory overload, like our nervous systems get shot. So we end up a lot of times like escaping to our heads. Did we
0: ever read each other's copy or something like this is exactly what, you know, get out of your head and get into your heart space, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love what we're talking about right now, because as you're saying this, I was thinking about three different people in my life and I'm actually one of them where, you know, I performed a very masculine role at the university. Like I was a disciplinarian at one point.
1: <laughs> when you? I know. I would love to be disciplined by you. I just yeah. want to say that. <laughs> so. Yes, you know, it was a really
0: big transition. Mm-hmm. And when I realized when I was performing a masculine role, it was I went to a Tony Robbins event and he was talking about the power of what people call us, like through the course of our lifetime, like the nickname that your father talked to you, or like my dad used to call me Queenie and he'd call my sister Princess. And well, he said Princess because she's like, I don't have a name. So he was teasing her, right? But I remember working at the university, going to Tony Robbins event and him saying, all of a sudden me having a light bulb moment when I transitioned from Being a regular grad student into a professional role and I had discipline, I went from name Candy, which everybody called me who loved me and knew me my whole life, to Candace because I was disciplining like 22 year old students. I was 23. So I thought, oh, I need a, a more fancy name. But when I took on that name, my dad, when I would get in trouble, would say, Candace Ann, get your butt over here. And I knew I was in trouble. So I took on a new identity.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I started to feel masculine and I started to gain weight and I wasn't connected to my body. And in this moment, Monica, why I'm sharing that little story is you just kind of went, my scooby ears went
1: up and I said, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, all the way back then this was happening to me. Oh, and it happens to most of us. And actually there's a very distinct passage and it's usually between the ages of 10 and 14 you know, it takes us a while to fully embody, but if you really kind of talk to any 10-year-old, <laughs> she's fully, you know, she knows who she is, right? She is sassy and you know, in all the great ways, you know, fully self-expressed and really bold and says what's what she feels and feels her emotions. But then, you know, it's that. Very, very sensitive time when we start transitioning into adolescence and you know, maidenhood when we start to develop and the hormones start, that becomes a really, really pivotal time. And usually, by the time girls are between 12 and 14, they have escaped inside of their heads because their body has become almost unbearable to live inside of it. And it's so important that as women, we kind of start recognizing where we are numbing out, where we're not feeling because we've been taught that. So I want a couple of things here. I teach women to say yes to the mess because the mess is kind of one of those places that I believe are the places that are actually portals. And we've been taught not to go there because it's where our power is. So let me give you an example. Oftentimes, if there's a mess as women, we put a plant in front of it, put some lipstick on it, put some perfume on it, right? Pretty it up, make it all look nice, right? But underneath or behind the mess is always a truth. Okay. And we've been taught our feelings are messy. Okay. They're, they're not predictable They're Right. And, and so again, we've been taught not to go there and yet they're so powerful. Our emotions inform us. We don't want to let them kind of take over, but what we want to do is allow them to inform us. It's kind of like our inner GPS. And you of course know this, (laughs) and there's been other places that women have been taught not to go sexually. We've been taught, right? Like oh, you know, the good girl, right? Don't go there. And yet pleasure and that area is also a portal into understanding ourselves, into accessing deeper parts of ourselves. So there's all of these examples, same with our chakras. If you look through all of them, you can kind of see where Each of them as women, we get blocked or stopped or have been taught not to go. The voice is a big one because of course, how many of us have been silenced or had to have thyroid surgery or issues with our thyroid or suppressing our voice. So it's, it's really about this process for me of helping women identify where they need to allow the divine feminine to start to inform them. And I want to be real clear about this. The feminine is what I consider the unknown. The feminine is a little messy, a little chaotic. The feminine is creative. The feminine is flow. The feminine is nurturing, right? All of these things that we deny ourselves, And yet, if we don't start allowing the feminine to come into the world in a major way, we're not going to create the harmony that we women are actually uniquely designed to create if we allow this to happen, if we step into this. Let's take everybody
0: take a deep breath. This is very beautiful and very deep. So just Mm -hmm. take a deep breath in and breathe in that feminine energy. So, Monica, I always say when I'm having a day, oh, I am such a hot mess. So am mm-hmm. I embodying my complete feminine when I say that? Like I got on today with Monica and I'm like, oh, I couldn't find my glasses. And uh, I just felt a little discombobulated. So I'm like, oh, I'm a
1: big hot mess today. <laughs> well, I love you. I love acknowledging it and then self-approving for it. Because I like the- when I'm that. I like when I'm a big
0: hot mess because I feel... Like I know I can get myself back there, but it feels
1: free when I'm a hot mess. Like I well, and when you can say to somebody, right? I often will talk about what I call the sacred and it's because it's not either or. You get to be a mess and magnificent. You get to be magical and right. Like we can create this and all of it gets to belong. It doesn't mean that if you're a mess, you're not also this brilliant, amazing creation. Right. Right. I, I exactly, exactly. Yeah. So for me, yeah, I'm like you, it's like, ah, I can breathe in the mess. I can, that's the place (laughs) where I find that I have the most brilliant moments because my first instinct when I'm feeling messy like that is to try to hide it, right? It's like, (laughs) let me pretend to not be messy right now. And then it's just adding kind of more complexity to it. And it's hard to kind of hold it all together for so long. In fact, that's really where the revelation project found me 11 years ago was You know, wearing all the masks, trying to pretend to be everything I wasn't in order to be who I thought everybody else wanted me to be. I want to stop here because I want the listeners to
0: really lean into this part. And I want to invite them to start thinking about this. What masks have you worn? Like I shared that I wore a disciplinary mask, and here I am, an intuitive and uh, very free loving and very mm, spiritual and that mask it suffocated me and so i'm inviting you to lean into what doesn't feel good is it a mask is it is it something that you're saying yes to that you shouldn't be in like a relationship that's not serving you or are you taking care of somebody else's stuff and business right that's not on shouldn't be on your plate and you haven't said no to that So tell them a little bit more about your mask, how you discovered that you were wearing it and how you released it. So now that I feel that they're taking in a moment when they're self-evaluating their mask, let's
1: let them continue to do that. And (laughs) well, at that time in my life, I realized I was wearing several because go big or go home, right? (laughs) There we Um go. you know, in fact, if I really look back, I had masks for almost every situation. I was wearing the good girl next door mask. I was wearing the perfect mother and wife mask. I was wearing the, you know, successful entrepreneur mask. I was wearing the fake it till you make it mask. Oh, gosh. I mean, they were endless. They were endless. And, you know, behind the masks, I was overwhelmed. I was exhausted. I was confused, I was lonely, and I felt invisible and yet what an irony, (sighs) right? Like I I felt like no one could see me, the real me, but I also wasn't trusting that when you do finally take off the mask and you finally start completely self-expressing, which takes practice, it doesn't happen overnight, that actually, it takes a while for your old world and all of those people who don't belong there to fall away and fall apart, so that the new people can start to align with you. Because mm-hmm. well, I wanted to go there. Can I go? Can I go? Yeah. There yeah. So what I've been seeing with
0: my clients and with some friends, and I am sure that the listeners that are out there are saying. I'm starting to feel some type of way right now, Monica. Like you're talking about (laughs) things falling away, and some things are falling away, and I'm a little bit scared. So, some of the listeners might be feeling a little scared because right now, the identity of the world has changed. And Mm -hmm. with it, we are changing how we shop, how we live, how we go to school, how we educate our children. Everything is changing right now. So, there's a lot of these feelings of uncertainty. And right now, I don't feel like The dust has completely landed on our world, meaning there's not a cadence and a rhythm again, and then we don't necessarily have a cadence and a rhythm in our lives. So this is a really important conversation to have today and that it's okay when you're starting to see things fall away from you because that's not always a bad thing. So you were about to say until you use,
1: (laughs) yeah, until you use your voice, your true voice, right? Say what's really there, because again, if we think about our voice as a true instrument and actually our body is an instrument, if when we're aligned in that way, we have a unique vibration and candy, you talk about this, you know, that, that our voice, our true voice, it has a resonance that actually will attract exactly the world for that true voice. So when we're not using our true voice, guess what kind of world we're attracting? The not true world to the not true voice. We're attracting things not meant for us. And that true voice, when I talk about truth, there's actually an acronym that I use. Truth for me, the acronym that I use is T, trust yourself, R, reveal what is the actual thing you want to say you it's about kind of reminding ourselves that we need to trust the unknown okay and this is this chaotic part that we're talking about and that's also the feminine right the feminine is kind of the void the unknown and in order to really kind of speak our truth, we have to trust that, you know, and have faith that whatever it is that's true for us gets to be there and that everybody else responds around us isn't our business, actually. People, what they think about us, that's none of our business. That's none of our business, actually. Yeah. You hear that? That's none of, your business. <laughs> that's <laughs> none of our business. The other T is tell your truth. Tell it. And honor it is the H, honor your truth. You know, truth is, is one of these things too, that uh, people get really mixed up about, but I'm not saying that your truth needs to match anybody else's, your truth, like your unique truth, you, your truth gets to be different from mine and both of them get to belong. So it's that sacred and right. That's true for me. Yes. And it may not be for you. So let's talk about truth for a moment, because this might
0: have like goosebumps up for somebody right now. So I want to invite the people that aren't stepping into the truth, which I was one of them. And you said you were one of them. We both wore our masks. So I wore this good girl mask of, you know, a college, university employee, et cetera, and a mom. But guess what gift I had this whole time was this gift of intuition. So I don't want to talk like all about me. I want you to start thinking, the listener, about what is your truth right now? Think about it. And we want to hear this. We want to hear this. So if, this, if you have a moment while you're listening to us, we want to hear about this because not only find your truth, but step into your truth and as quickly as you can because people are praying for you to show up. When I see, and I'm sure you, you're the same way, when I see like testimonials or like real moments like your the Revelation" project for you, when I see people change into a new identity of who they are through the help of the gifts that you have, Monica, that I
1: have, and to think for a moment that that's the thing that we hid. Yeah. I mean, it's in a way it's tragic. And in another way, I think we all have to hide for a while in order to know the difference, right? I definitely don't want to make anybody wrong here because there is a time, there just comes a time where we have to risk being honest to ourselves so that we can really bloom. Because what happens when we continually stifle ourselves is we slowly die inside. And that's where I was. And I almost had to lose my life to choose my life.
0: Let's go there because there's a lot of people that they're clicking in now. Mm. So you almost had to lose your life to really step into this. So we don't want that for them. So let's help them in this moment.
1: Yeah. So my story, you know, is that I had done it for so long, right. That my adrenals were shot. I was depressed to the point where I was having obsessive thoughts about the way I grew up, you know, and, and for those of you out there who have experienced trauma, right? I had a tremendous amount of childhood trauma. And so for me, dying didn't seem like the hard part living did. And so when I really just got to the point where I just didn't feel like I had any energy, any life left in me, that was too far. You know, I had gotten to the point, almost to the point of no return. And I shared with Candy recently that I had really what I call a series of miracles happen at my lowest point, which really kind of like brought me back to life. When I think about You know, this period in my life, one of the things that I want to say to anybody out there is that we can often also disregard the unknown because we don't tend to normalize in this society that there are veils everywhere and that we're actually, you know, coexisting often and always with spirit, right? That spirit will not actually. Interrupt your life without you asking for help, right? Oftentimes, we hear stories about people who get to the point where they're on their knees asking for help, right? Where they're finally crying out for help, like. And my father, bless his heart, he used to be like, "I say, is there anybody up there? You know, kind of in humor." <laughs> um, it, which is kind of how I felt by the time I actually asked for help. And having grown up Catholic. I had never understood that prayer got to be my way. I thought that there was a way. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I finally called out for help, I was just in the very depths of despair. But that was actually within 24 hours was when I started to have these miracles in my life show up. And there are signs and signals. And if we are able to just trust, those show up. I want to go back for just a moment
0: because before the miracle showed up, Monica said something very pivotal. She asked her way. It wasn't that you picked the right novena and I'm not knocking any of oh them. My I've God, said I know. no, I've said novenas. I say the rosary. I'm not saying that that's wrong. What I am saying though, is when she asked. So how many of you out there haven't asked for what you want? One of the questions I often ask my client is what do you want? There's usually a pause because sometimes we're afraid to dream big because that goes back to what you were talking about worthy, that worthiness piece. So what I'm hearing you say is once we start leaning into like the divine feminine, and then really recognizing who we are, then asking for what we want, that's when the miracles show.
1: And I want to make a distinction. So ladies who are listening, anyone males who are listening, I want to be clear that when you ask, it's from a feeling, it's from a desire, you can't be up in your head which is why, you know, a lot of people are like, my prayers were not answered. There's this embodiment piece. And that is that feminine part. That is that really, really having a feeling in your heart and asking from that place. I mean, and again, like there is something to that. That's important for me to say that it is, it comes from a true desire. And that's where I'm inviting women to really start feeling, And do you want to know why I want to go into that?
0: So when I talk about intuition, intuition and businesses are birthed from the heart, not the head. Mm -mm. We use our head to function in the business, but that's sometimes when we get stuck. And so that eight inch drop from our head back into our heart space, there's an actual cadence. There's an actual rhythm Almost think of it as a beacon. So when you ask from where Monica said, there's a beacon in your heart. There's a cadence that comes out, a rhythm, and it's almost like waves. And so those energy waves of you go out in the asking. And then what happens is with the I believe the I am presence, I am worthy. Of, I am worthy. Exactly. Am worthy. And then breathe it in to your chakra system, then breathe it out. And bring it back in like a wave. I am worthy. And then back out. The I am presence is where our power is. Because we've spent probably 40 minutes or so, I'm assuming, listening to our voices. But who's listening? Is it your ears? No. (laughs) Is it your head? No. Is it your heart? No, not really. It's your consciousness. Who the core essence of you are is the I am. So stepping in with the I am language and breathing it into the universe is like breathing life into this world is my belief. Yeah. I
1: love it. I love it. And it it's powerful. I mean, that's where, you know, when we, I also want to say, you know, when we talk about, let's say miracles, there's that resonance with that desire, right? With that spirit of what you really are wanting and desiring, that's what makes miracles and those things really happen.
0: So I want to hear more about the, the miracles now, okay. <laughs> I'm a miracle okay. girl, give us some examples of what started to happen with the miracles. Now that's where we're at.
1: Okay, so I'll take us back to really the moment where I had really started to shift through all of my various options, right? I was really at that point where I was so close to, and I remember just finally kind of dropping to my knees in prayer and just really allowing myself to feel for the first time in a very, very long time. And it was literally like someone had unbottled or uncorked a bottle that I had so much pressure because emotion can also be scary when you've really continued to suppress it for a long time. When it finally starts to come, you can often feel like you can't handle it. Oftentimes you can feel like we're going to go down into a deep well and never come back out, but that's actually not true feeling and emoting and releasing is often a way that we realign. And so in my case, and some of this stuff is a little bit out of order, but when I actually started to ask for help, one of the miracles that happened is that I still had over the eight month depression, almost nine month depression that I was in at the time I had retail stores And I had had a store manager who was in charge and, you know, really kind of the face of the business for that entire time. And we were also closing because it was the last kind of economic downturn, which was around 2009. And I went to my place of business that day because my manager told me that the tax assessor, I had to sign some paperwork. And I had barely been out of bed. And so I went to the place and I basically waited there for the tax person or whoever was supposed to show up that day. And I'll never forget the bell rang. It was the only time. I don't know if you guys remember back then, but nobody was shopping, right? And here I had a retail store and nobody was shopping because of course it was the financial downturn and it was the whole thing with the real estate market. So the bell rings and I came out from the back and this blonde woman was walking towards me and she said, did you call me here? And I said, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you the, you know, the tax people? And she said, no, I'm, I'm not the tax people. She said, are you ill? I thought to myself, like, oh boy, she's, you know, she's not well. Right. I was just thinking maybe she just walked in off the street and, you know, And I said, No, I'm okay. And she said, Are you sure? I'm sorry if I seem annoyed, but you know, today's my day off and my guides wouldn't leave me alone. You guys just kind of stood there like with my mouth open. And she goes, Are you sure you're not ill? Are you sure you're not sick? And I started to cry. And she said, Thank God. And then she said, Not because you're sick, but because they wouldn't leave me alone. (laughs) And I said to her, Yeah, I've been depressed. I, you know, I've been not well for a while. And she said, well, okay, I need you to come to me then. And she had me make an appointment with her. And from that point forward began a wellness journey for me. Wow! That woman became a very close friend and somebody that I just always, of course, have near and dear to my heart because she showed up in my life as a perfect stranger and followed her intuition, followed her guides and had she not done that, I don't, I don't quite know where I'd be. Oh, wow.
0: I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. Being the fact that right away you weren't, it was like, okay, maybe she's a little lost soul herself. Meanwhile, you were the little lost soul that she was rescuing in that moment. And like, where else does that show up on our lives where we think that we're rescuing somebody else and actually it's us that needs to be rescued, Mm -hmm. being open to experiences that might be kind of
1: unique or not, not, you know, as black and white as maybe we were taught. Oh, and was my healing journey ever unique, (laughs) right? Because we're not talking, you know, allopathic medicine was not going to help me. Nope. You know, in that case, and, you know, I could have gone down any number of routes, but it just so happened that my path was more actually of a spiritual path. It was more about reclaiming. And so working with a shaman actually became part of my journey, working with a doctor of Chinese medicine and acupuncture became part of my journey. And then, you know, over time, just getting stronger slowly, but surely on really a spiritual journey to really kind of come back home to myself. And one of the biggest things that I'll never forget, which was the second miracle was that the woman who initially helped me, she had to send me to somebody else because I wasn't quite ready yet for what she was able to do for me. And so she sent me to a shaman and the, the very first thing the shaman said to me, he said he was going to do it, you know, you know, an energy exam. But what he said to me was, Monica, I have a question for you. Do you speak to your loved ones the same way you speak to yourself?
0: Mm, Okay. And
1: I didn't know what he meant. I mean, I, I knew what he was insinuating, but I didn't know about the voice that I was unconscious to until about three days later, when I was walking with a bag of groceries and the milk had leaked in the bag and the bag dumped all the groceries while cars were coming And I heard the voice. Can't you do anything right? You stupid idiot, pick it up. Like that was the voice. And once I started to hear it, you guys, I couldn't unhear it. I was like, stop, make it stop. It was everywhere. And I didn't recognize that I had been self-abusing myself. Mm -hmm. So here's
0: another good stopping point. How many times each day are you using that voice with yourself? I mean, I still do occasionally, but usually <laughs> I start laughing at myself because by now I realize that I can either enjoy myself or I can berate myself. And I am a hot mess some days. And I have now chosen most days to enjoy my hot mess of myself.
1: Yeah. Or to put your hand over your heart and say, you precious little hot mess. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it right now. Say it with me,
0: everybody. We're all, let's let's do it, Monica. Oh, uh, precious God. little God. hot mess.
1: Hot mess. Oh yeah. I'm going to start saying that. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah, it really does. And it, it takes practice. It takes practice, but I'm telling you, if you can become your own best friend, that is the key. Somebody said the other day, And it really hit home to me
0: about being lonely, you know, and, and so many people are saying, Oh, you know, I kind of feel lonely. You know, there's a couple people in my house, or maybe they are by themselves. And when you're with yourself and you fully embody being with yourself, why would you be lonely? Because you're with you. And ever since they said that, I thought, Ooh, that's really powerful to me because Enjoy myself, and so now I say, well, "How can I play with myself?" Meaning, not like that, but you know, like <laughs> to, well, maybe if that's your thing, go for it because that is part absolutely of the of feminine. That's yours, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you go them. for it. You go for it, and and coloring. You know, like I color now, and I meditate more, and. Last summer, I grew the most beautiful flower gardens. My daughter planted dahlias and sunflowers and every day in my
1: gardenias. Oh, the gardenias. I had a
0: big gardenia bush. bush, And in the summer, you could find me in my backyard. My head was actually in my little gardenia bush. And I would be like... Oh, this is so wonderful. And I would love on these flowers. And all of a sudden I had 18 blossoms because every morning I would love on them so much. I'd be like, you're the most beautiful things. You're so rich. You smell so wonderful. Like I feel so honored to have you on my property and to to be able to smell you every day. And then this bush started to like, it exploded with flowers. And so- one of the things that I also heard you say is you can't force the bloom of you. And if you think of a rose and the rose gently takes its time opening up from the bud to the full-blown flower, but you would never go out to the rose bush and see that delicate rose and then pull it open. You would never Mm -hmm. pull open the rosebud. So let
1: ourselves bloom, right? That's the, the divine feminine opening Absolutely. And what you were just pointing to was so beautiful because, you know, again, as women, we're uniquely designed to intuit the world and we are sensual. I mean, that is something that is so like unbelievably magical about us. And it's not that men can't or don't. It's just when you actually look at the way women are built, we are built for pleasure. We are built for it. And yet it's the last thing that we allow ourselves. And so, you know, The same, you know, like being able to indulge yourself. Like we've, again, we've been taught not to do that. And that's where actually our power lies. The more we can actually nurture ourselves in that way, the more powerful we become. That's the irony. That's kind of, you know, we almost have to look at the fact that as women, we kind of are living in the upside down. And what I mean by that is that, you know, everything is kind of backwards. The divine feminine is missing or omitted or like invisible from our lives. And that's why we call it the revelation project is because it's really about coming back into wholeness by allowing that other side of ourselves, that other whole side of ourselves to come into being. And if you think about it, you know, the only way that. Another flower can become what it is, is when it gets pollinated, right? Like think of the masculine energy inside of you and the feminine energy inside of you and what that creates, Mm -hmm. because everything in life is a sexed pair like that, that everything has to come together in order to create something new. And when we're thinking about ourselves as women and we're feeling stuck or we're feeling, you know, suppressed or we're feeling dead inside, it's usually because we're not allowing that other side of us that creates to come in and inform us what direction we need to go. Mm.
0: Let it come into your <laughs> world. You know, one of the things that has happened to me, well, actually, when I started my business, speaking of the divine feminine that I thought was really cool is I heard that the Mary Magdalene, like the gospel of Mary Magdalene, that there was a gospel. And I'm like, what do you mean there's a gospel? I was Catholic my whole you life. Mean I
1: did gospel.
0: Exactly. And mm-hmm. so there was a gospel found in, I think it was 1689. It was, there was Mary Magdalene, a gospel of Mary Magdalene. And I'm starting to listen to it on audible because I find it absolutely fascinating. And one of the things that happened to me when I started my business is I wanted a big picture, like a big, beautiful picture to kind of like balance the energy. And I was really into this woman, Joe Joyce, I think her name is. And she makes these divine pictures. And I thought, man, if I could find a big image, because I just had a little image. And here I went to an event and I turned the corner and the woman, Joe Joyce, is sitting there. And she has these huge, like five foot pictures. And so I wanted purple and I saw a purple one and I forget what the name of it was. And I said to her, I'm going to buy that. And she goes, well, I'm going to go speak right now. So I can't sell it to you, but I'll come back. I said, that's fine. So she covered all her little pieces. I go across the store and I turn around and one of the pictures is literally coming to life and it's a woman and she keeps her hairs blowing and she keeps saying, Shh, I have a secret. And she's holding a pink rose. So I come back and it was like the, the colors weren't exactly what I wanted, but a uh, picture has never talked to me. So I said, <laughs> and, I like, and, and I was not on any drugs. I didn't drink. I may have had water that day and maybe some coffee. I don't know, but I wasn't drinking. And I said to her, I said, this picture talked to me. And she said, do you know who that is? And she's, she gave a fancy name for Mary Magdalene that I wasn't aware of. And I do know it, but it's not coming to my mind. And so I said, I have to have her. And I brought her home. And it was years. It was almost three years until I found these gospels of Mary Magdalene. I start reading them. Guess what she talks about? Not only divine feminine, but the chakra system. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, in the healing, in the Akashic records, in the releasing, I see the chakra system light up and I thought there's something with this. And so that's why I started to read this. When you were talking about the hidden divine feminine, this popped up into my mind, like how many years has this been suppressed?
1: Life Well, yeah. And, and, you know, what I also want to say about that. So I'm a big fan of Megan Waterson, who wrote Mary Magdalene Revealed which is just an excellent, excellent book. And again, having been raised Catholic and still recovering, <laughs> what I want to say about that, we've been kind of sold a bill of goods. We've been sold like this masculine version. And when we as young girls, again, think of this idea of micro dosing on shame, microdosing on, you know, no feminine faces of the divine other than a virgin or A horror, right? Like, and what Mary Magdalene, by the way, was not, I mean, she was actually an apostle. So (laughs) we've been, she was the first apostle. So in a lot of ways, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, if you read the texts, if you read these, you know, suppressed gospels that had been hidden for years and years. What you'll find is that actually what they represented was the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And when you kind of have that bigger picture and that story, and you start to look back at the mythology, you'll also see that Isis has a relationship to Mary, you know, mm-hmm. and that there's a long lineage that we women don't understand that would be incredibly empowering for all of us to start diving into which actually brings me to one of the things that I'm gonna be offering as a free gift and it will soon be up, it's not up quite yet, but right now you can go and and if you wanna go to my website, there's a a free gift called the Women's Bill of Rights and you can download that. But the other thing that I'm just finishing developing is what I'm calling a trance buster for women. And it's a list of resources of books, films, Podcasts, oracle cards, like you name it, that help all of us to really start to bust the trance, bust through the trance. Oh my gosh. And how can they get that? Because I want it too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you're just going
1: to go to jointherevelation.com and you can just right there on the homepage download the free gift. And then you'll, of course, be added to our mailing list and we don't spam. But what you will get is a weekly the new episode of what's out on the podcast. And of course, most of what we talk about is the divine feminine and all of the different conversations that are really important and revealing to women and especially important right now. Wow. And remember what Monica
0: said, how many women are getting into Congress right now that have been appointed seats. I truly believe, and I know you've probably heard me say this Monica and some of the listeners have. I really do believe that this is the time of women. Like you were saying that woman that says Sophia the wisdom. Yes. And and stepping into who we really are. So this is a pivotal time to really get in touch with the divine feminine and I encourage you to sign up for Monica's free gift say it again one more time. For yeah. So it's
1: join and just, you know, for all the ladies out there, just don't forget that what gets revealed gets healed. Amen. Well,
0: let's leave it right there. What gets revealed gets healed. So I'm totally into the healing and I'm sending you love and light and Monica. Aww,
1: thank you. I'm sending you all the love in the world. Thank you so much for having me. This was just such a treat. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. And we both have our hands on our hearts. So
0: take a deep breath and feel the love. Like when somebody gives you love, really accept it deeply in your heart. And I do receive. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. And thank you, Monica. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. For more information, please head to Candacehaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.